what does becoming a record breaker require? How do we go further than anyone has gone before and leave a legacy of mastery? How do we push the limits of what's possible and elevate craft to the level of art? Bulgari's new podcast, Be Maestro, is answering these questions with a series of exclusive interviews. Together, we'll uncover the unique paths that extraordinary individuals forged when achieving the seemingly impossible. Each guest is a master in their field who has made a mark on time. Be Maestro, a Bulgari podcast inspired by the record-breaking spirit of the Octo Finissimo Watch Collection. Time stands still. You're listening to the Be Maestro podcast. Fabrizio Buonamassa Stigliani is Italian. He is also a designer. He started drawing for the automotive world in Turin. Neapolitan by birth, Roman by adoption, he is now creative director of Bulgari watches. Every day, he shakes up the codes by reinventing the Swiss horological tradition. He is also at the origin of the world records for thinness of octo finissimo watches. But this genuine gentleman is much too modest to admit it. I'm Fabrizio Buonamassa Stigliani, a product creation executive director uh, in Bulgari. I was born in Naples uh, 49 years ago, almost 50. Uh, I started my career when I was uh, very, very young. Let me say at four or five, I started to make sketches. I just was uh, was obsessed about the drawing, so I chose the, the comics uh, just for the drawings and the strokes. And after I started to design cars, my father worked at the time in very well-known uh, rent-a-car society, and uh, I started to design cars. I joined the Fiat in 1998, if I remember well, as a car designer in Turin, Centro Stile. My degree thesis was made with Fiat, and after in 2001, I decided to move from Turin to Rome again. I was born in Naples and I grew up in Rome, and again in 2001, I was in Rome and I joined Bulgari. We are at the Bulgari Hotel in Paris. We are in France, but also a little bit in Italy. You live and work in Switzerland. You often go to Rome and you travel the world. Being Italian, what does it mean for you? Uh, honestly, it's difficult to explain. Uh, it's a unique blend in terms of taste, uh, way of thinking. Uh, if you are not Italian, it's very difficult to become Italian, let me say. You must spend a lot of years and times in Italy to get this kind of mood. What do you mean by kind of mood? I think it's the way of thinking. And this is uh, not just for designers, but I think for all the Italians. We have a different approach uh, to this kind of things. And we try to find each time a very creative way to do things. You started your career as a car designer. What's the difference between a car and a watch in terms of design? Just the scale. So the car is five meters long, more or less, and the watch is 45 millimeters wide. So at the end, sometimes you have more or less the same number of components because you have to imagine it in a grand complication watch. For example, you have sometimes thousand components and uh, it's a very small world because uh, in 45 millimeters you have sometimes uh, four, five, six different complications. Other big difference is that the watch you can carry with you, but you cannot carry with you a car. 
and you are obliged to use a car, but fortunately you are not obliged to use a watch. In terms of design, for me, it's the same. I make sketches about cars and watches in exactly the same way. During my career, I'm very lucky. I designed jewelry, eyeglasses, furniture design, motorbikes, scooters, cars, shoes, watches. So at the end, for me, my biggest passion is to make sketches. A watch should show the time, but as you said, it's not compulsory to wear a watch. Uh, but for sure, we don't need a watch. We have our electronic device. You can check the time every second in a very, very precise way. But the pleasure that you have when you wear mechanical movements on a wrist, it's, uh, it's totally different. So you have to imagine that uh, uh, you have a watch that sometimes comes from your grandfather or your father and you pass to someone else. This is one of the most interesting things when we talk about luxury. Some object becomes part of our heritage and become part of our family and our history and our life. It's the same for cars, vintage cars for sure. But the watch is more intimate, but it's a, no, it's a matter of taste at the end. Do you remember your first real watch? It was a Japanese watch that I asked to one of my uncles to have a watch. I was uh, five or six, I don't remember. I was born in 71. It was during the quartz and digital uh, <laughs> obsession. <laughs> but honestly, I don't remember anymore. If you weren't designing watches or cars, what would you have done? Uh, maybe furnitures. You have a lot of things, different materials, different constraints. At the end, the designer love to play with constraints. And uh, our aim is to improve uh, the quality of your life through the objects. Even if you want to just to have a sensation or a mood when you touch an object. That's why the Italian design culture is so famous. We are ironic. We love to play with the object and the material in a conventional way. Where do you find your daily dose of inspiration? Now, uh, 50 years old, it's something that I have in, in an unconscious way. In a certain moment, I start to have an idea, an image in my brain, and I start to make sketches. This is, the sketches is the things that you see and you say, wow, you have an amazing talent. But uh, as a designer, from my point of view, it's not the most important skills. The most important one is what you have in mind and the ability that you have to imagine object that doesn't exist. Maybe I'm able to make very precise sketches, uh, for sure. I make drawings for 10 hours per day, for uh, almost uh, 10 or 50 years. And I was born with this kind of gift, for sure. But I'm able to make very precise sketches because I'm very clear in mind uh, the object turns. So I'm able to disassembling and assembling, to go in and to look at it with a different point of view. It's like a wireframe. You are well known for carrying your pencils everywhere. Do you sometimes have the feeling your arms are driving your brain? Uh, that's a very good question. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, for sure, when you make sketches for a long, long time, uh, it's risky because you could become an illustrator. Designers make different things. Illustrators make a beautiful drawing. The designers start to investigate the object in a very different way, but could be risky more with the computer than with the hand. Because if you are not able to managing the tools, uh, it's the computer that makes the object, it's not the designer. Behind the computer, you are someone that must be able to manage all the tools. What does your job really consist of? My daily job consists to, to imagine things. 
we start to imagine now object for the next three, four, five years. When you when you start to play with very complicated movements, you know when you start and you never know when you finish. So, for example, uh, the Finissimo is a very long journey that we started more than 10 years ago. Do you consider yourself as an artist? I'm not considering myself as an artist. I'm a designer. The difference is very important. Uh, when you are a designer, you have to play with constraints and you have to produce objects in a large scale. When you are an artist, uh, it's just an expression of your creativity. If you love it, okay. If you don't love it, uh, it's not my problem. But the designer, uh, you must use the object that I have in mind. Otherwise, uh, I miss something. Don't you sometimes have the desire to see your drawings in a frame or hanging on a wall? Honestly, when I put my drawing in a frame, it seems that the drawing is dead. I don't know why. I always had this mood from the beginning. I never put my drawings in a frame. I have tons of drawings in my in my office at home because again, I design even during the night at home because you have an idea. That's why I have a lot of ballpoint pen and markers and paper always with me. Because you, if I don't fix the idea, it's lost. It's impossible for me to go back and find the idea again. You've been working for Bulgari for 20 years now. Would you say your personal tastes are matching Bulgari's DNA or the opposite? It's a difficult question. But for sure, after 20 years uh, with my taste, uh, I had an influence on the Bulgari product. I designed the Serpenti Tubogas uh, in 2009. The Serpenti Tubogas, it was just the Bulgari, Bulgari Tubogas, and the Serpenti I and watches in a certain moment. I say, but why don't we try? And at the beginning of uh, the Octo Finissimo, again, it was uh, the manual uh, winding tourbillon and after the minute repeater. And the minute repeater changed completely the aesthetic of the Octo Finissimo. And the real story was that during the meeting, uh, we find a way to amplify a bit the sound of the minute repeater because the hammers and the gongs are super thin. In a certain moment, I say, okay, guys, why don't we use the titanium? The reaction was, uh, ah, Fabrizio, you know, it's the most noble complication. And they say, the problem is, uh, thank you for the for the suggestion, but we are not Swiss, we are Italians, and uh, we would love to play with this kind of material. And again, uh, if we are able to use titanium, I want to see the titanium. So as you can see, the constraints, again, uh, is the turning point of the project and drive the aesthetics. Now we have this very unique aesthetic with the sunblasted titanium for case, bracelet, and dial. In the last decade, what accomplishment are you most proud of? You know, as a designer, I'm very proud about all the, the prize and the accomplishment. Uh, for sure, the Grand Prix de l'Orgerie in Geneva, the last one is the maybe the most uh, important one is the Aiguidor. But as a designer, even the Red Dot, best of the best, and the IF Gold, uh, because it means that the Octo is not just a watch, but is a product design uh, object. Doing better with less, this is what we try to understand in this podcast. Does it ring a bell to you? Uh, yes, it's very important even in the Finissimo aesthetics. That's why we decided to have just one materials, uh, because, uh, you know, a successful product, a product that you find in a museum, everybody talk about the Finissimo is the most iconic watch of the last 20 years, of the new century, of this century, I don't know, we will see. Just the market can tell you in the next uh, 15, uh, 20 years. We break a bit the rules of this uh, tuxedo watch. 
for the first time with a bracelet, for the first time with a not round shape design, for the first time with a more sporty and chic attitude, more in the Italian way, less uh, rigid, more uh, casual. How important is the octo shape in your world? The octo shape is very important in my world. I started to work on the octo when I joined Bulgari in 2001. The request was a new metal bracelet for the octo and a new dial. At the time, the octo was a very huge, uh, very thick watch with a multi-complication movement, uh, bi-retro, quadri-retro. Today is completely different. In a certain moment, to say we discovered to have this amazing know-how in our manufacturing side about the ultra-thin executions, and we say, but we have to try on the Octo Finissimo because everybody can make the watch uh, with the, with this kind of the slim watch with the round-shaped case, thin bezel and white dial. Just Bulgari can turn a gas pipe in a luxury icons because now the first tubo gas was born in 1934. We love this kind of approach because we are very strong link with the architectural elements in Bulgari. We love pure shapes. We love geometrical elements that when you combine together, generate a new aesthetic. It's a part of our Roman heritage. How Roman is the octo shape? 100%? Uh, Roma is, uh, is Octo 100% uh, and Octo is 100% Roman. It's, uh, as you can see, it's a very bold watch uh, with an ultra-thin execution, with a multi-layer, multi-faceted design, with different finishing today. For me, the most difficult things is to use common things in an unconventional way. As you can see from the beginning of the Octo, it was very well known for different aesthetics. Pure titanium, uh, matte gold, uh, carbon, steel. It's a part of our DNA. We were the first to use porcelain in, uh, in fine jewelry, aluminum and caoutchouc in fine watches, uh, silk in jewelry. Today, it's easier to develop very exotic material or very exotic uh, metal alloy, but at the end, the ingredients of this kind of receipt is always the same. You just can change you know, the, the percentage. It is said Gerald Genta drew the Royal Oak watch in only one night. Do you remember when you drew the first Octo Finissimo watch? Yes, this kind of things you have in mind, you immediately discover that uh, that is a very interesting idea and immediately you make sketches. Just like that? Yes, just like that. You know that you need just one clever idea, simple and clever idea. When you don't have it, you start to make a lot of uh, back and forth. And the product is full of, uh, let me say, applied decorative elements. But when you have just one simple and clever idea, you don't need to make maquillage. It's just one clever idea. And that's it. Do you remember when it was? The Octo is very difficult to draw because it's a bidimensional object. So the problem of this ultra-thin execution is that you can make sketches about the dial, but you cannot make sketches easily about the three-dimensionality of the case because you don't have it. I make a sketch about uh, the dial, for example, uh, the pure elements of the dial, because in my idea, all the elements around the Octo Finissimo have to tell you I am the thinnest. So the 12 and the 6 and the indexes are super thin, even the small second counter, super thin uh, graphical element, because uh, all the elements have to convey the same message. Did you draw each component independently? Uh, sometimes I draw just the components, like the Depolian buckle, for example, or the crown. If we need the specific details, 
just a sketch with, uh, with many details, but it's uh, the entire watch with bracelet, dial, uh, case. Uh, because, you know, coming back on one of your first question, when we design a watch, we design and we draw all the things that you can see. And because we need a certain finishing for the movement, we design the shape of the bridges, we design the deployant buckle or the Ardillon one, we design the bracelet or the strap, we design the crown, the hands, the indexes, the dial, the case uh, from uh, the side view, top view, back, uh, the screws. What is the most difficult thing to design? For sure, the movement, because uh, we work uh, directly with the watchmasters in our two facilities. In a certain moment, they develop the movement that we request. And we say, I would love to have uh, the small second counter more or less at eight o'clock. They start to develop the movement, a certain moment coming to me, coming back to me, say, Fabrizio, we have the movement, now we have to design the bridges. This is the, all the components that we cannot move anymore. At Bulgari, who has the final cut, the designer or the watchmaker? We work together. Honestly, it depends. From the aesthetic point of view, in a certain moment, you say, okay, the movement is beautiful, but I don't like the affichage. I don't like the way to read the time. So we start to move some components. And the last word uh, is uh, in between, from the design and the watchmakers. In this podcast, we also seek to understand what it takes to break records. Is breaking a watch record part of your job now? We started with the thinnest manual winding tourbillon and after the minute repeater and after the automatic one, so seven world records in a row. In a certain moment, we start this journey and we develop a very unique uh, schedule. In a certain moment, we say, we would love to have uh, the thinnest integrated chronograph on the market. We would love to have uh, the thinnest perpetual calendar. But it's not something that you start to say just one year before the watch is on the market. Three, four, five years sometimes. And um, honestly, I'm not obsessed by records, but for sure, if we are able to do it, uh, we must do it. And on a more personal level, how did you manage to go beyond your own limits? Again, I'm not obsessed by records. I'm not competitive at all. I just to try to be confident in my hands, in my brain, and to imagine the evolution of uh, this very unique DNA. Is time a friend or a foe? Mm, I'm not obsessed by time. When the idea comes, the idea comes. When you don't have idea, unfortunately, you have to wait and you have to work on it. But for sure, uh, sometimes it's not so easy because you are not alone. A designer is not uh, just one-man show. A designer could be able to, to make a beautiful sketch, but uh, needs someone able to turn this idea in a real product. So thanks to the manufacturing side, thanks to the product development team, thanks to the marketing, you know, and in a certain moment they say, <laughs> Fabrizio, we need the drawing now. <laughs> You know, at a certain moment when you make sketches, you make sketches, you are obsessed by perfections and I'm never satisfied. Just with the experience, uh, you are able to say, okay, now stop. And there is just one moment because if you continue to make sketches, it's too much. And if you stop before, it's not enough. So in all these kind of things, um, sometimes to explain this idea, I talk about uh, when you cook the pasta. You know, in Italy, we are a bit obsessed. And it's just one moment that you have to take it out. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, it's too early or it's too late. And uh, in the creative process, this is a very, very important moment. What would be your Octa watch of your dreams? 
I love very simple things. So for me, the minute repeater with the titanium design, uh, it was amazing. And the second step, it was the hour, minute and second, the automatic movement. Because the first two, the tourbillon and the minute repeater, it was for the big crowd, it was just an exploit. 30 pieces and 30 pieces, but when you are able to make the thinnest automatic uh, watch on the market, uh, it's an amazing results. I'm still working on the Octo Finissimo because, as I said before, I'm obsessed by perfection and I'm never satisfied. So the best uh, watch is always uh, the next one. How do you define yourself as a designer? I don't know. I, I love simple things. Simple shapes, simple, very, very, very rich details. Maybe this is my signature. Simple forms, pure shapes, uh, and very rich details. What would you say to a young designer asking for advice? To be curious and to make a lot of questions and discover things and make sketches and sketches and sketches. (laughs) You've been listening to Be Maestro, the Bulgari original podcast. Join us in our next episode to unveil the secrets of those who make their mark on time. Ciao a tutti.